Dear ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another train of thought. A moment where I turn on the mic and say whatever comes to mind. You know, it's been a while since I last made one of these. I think I always say that whenever I start a train of thought, but <laughs> oh well. I'm committed to keeping these raw and unedited, so if I repeat myself either uh, during one episode or over multiple episodes, I'm sorry. It just goes to show that my mind circles around certain subjects. You know, I wish that you, the listener, could speak with me right now because I, I would really like to speak with a stranger, someone that I don't know. You know, this whole coronavirus business has really made it more difficult for me to go out and about in the world. Now, I'm not saying that that I've always been such a social butterfly, you know, walking the streets, having conversations with strangers. <laughs> to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm quite shy when it comes to strangers. I, uh, I mostly keep to myself, myself and the people I know, but, but, but even being like that, I still enjoyed it when strangers came up to me and asked me something or told me something. Because you see, I, I don't know why, but I attract um, colorful people. <laughs> like this one time where um, I was with a friend in Amsterdam. Uh, we attended uh, a Christmas sermon. Uh, it was uh, because we needed to write an article for our for my uh, course in journalism. And as we walked back to the station, a man approached me, um, started speaking about the issues going on in Israel and Palestine, and, and completely unprompted. And while my friend felt very very uncomfortable. I was enjoying this man, um, even though his ramblings were a little nonsensical and also uh, a little uh, anti-Semitic. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind listening to strangers. You see, I have a fascination for people from all walks of life. And even if their their beliefs or their views on life don't match with mine, I I always want to figure out why they say what they say, why they think what they think. And well, with this whole coronavirus thing going on, I. There are not a lot of strangers who come up to me and have a chat with me. 
and I'm too shy to come up to someone and tell them, you know, hey, talk with me about something. <laughs> I mean, and that would be already weird during normal times, but it would be borderline illegal now. <laughs> so where do I go for my, uh, for my interactions with people from outside my circle? Well, the internet, of course. <laughs> as disconnected as we are in real life right now, the more connected we are than ever on the internet. Social media has really made it easy for us people to be in touch with each other more than ever. But my fascination with strangers and with people in general also has a, a downside, if I must be honest. You know, my last episode, I uh, was specifically talking about the terrorist attack on Capitol Hill, D.C., United States. Um, I think anyone who listens to this episode or listens to my podcast in general already knows the context. So, But if you don't, um, just listen to that episode. It's really short. Um, then, then you'll know a bit more about current world events, but um, anyway, where was I? Uh, another downside of having a podcast where you don't have a script, let alone an outline. <laughs> if you have a train of thought and you lose it, well, there you are, nowhere. I think I was I think I know where I was going with this. I think I wanted to talk about, yes, Trump supporters. You see, what these terrorists, and I'm specifically talking about the people who laid siege to Capitol Hill, what these terrorists did is inexcusable. It should not be glorified. It should not be excused. However, I as a human have this need, I have this need to rationalize the choices of people. I have this need to understand where people come from. I have this need to have sympathy. But it's become more than ever very clear to me that some people do not deserve my understanding or my sympathy. You see, I'm not here or I'm not making this episode demonize all Trump supporters. I know that even though I do not agree with them, and 
Yes, a lot of Trump supporters have been ensnared in conspiracy theories and, well, they've been blinded by disillusion. But it's just, you have these, these people who feel as if their way of life is threatened while the people they disagree with are actually the ones in danger. And rather than seeing that in order to make their home a better place is to stand up for those who don't have it as well in life. They, 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 they put themselves in these victim roles, claiming that they are the ones who are oppressed, that they are the ones who are prosecuted. <laughs> it's just that disconnect between what they think is real and what actually is real, it, you know, my, my ability to sympathize with someone and to understand where they're coming from and to have love for them as one, as from one human to another, it, it just has its limits. And You know, at one point you, you have to pick a side. There are moments in history where you as a human, no matter how insignificant you may think you are in the grand scheme of things, every person has a certain role, a certain part to play in this big story that is life. And in certain points of our shared history, whether you want to or not, you need to pick a side. And you can disagree with me on this, of course. I mean, <laughs> the last thing I wanna be seen as is this, this sage or whatever. You know, I'm just a guy sharing his thoughts with whoever is willing to listen, but for too long, I have been trying to rationalize the actions of people I don't like. And January 6th was really the, the droplet that made the bucket overflow. Now that, that's a Dutch saying, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there actually is an English equivalent. There probably is. I just can't come up with it right now. But what I'm trying to say is, is that I have picked my side. Now, luckily, I am not going to lose any friends over this. Most of my friends either are 
of the same mindset as me or they're so far removed from the world of politics or, you know, the culture of places such as America that they're more like, you know, they don't care about what I think. They just like me for me and they're my friends, but we, we never discuss politics and that's that's fine. It's fine to have such friends and it's also fine to have friends with which you don't agree with politically but you know as an outsider looking in then the american uh, cultural sphere so to say um i think that this divide between the left and right should not be mended just yet. Now, don't get me wrong, this division in America will, it doesn't lead to much good. But maybe America needs to get a little worse before they get a little better. Because there's this phrase that I often hear uh, American figureheads and politicians say whenever tragedy strikes. This is not who we are. <laughs> this is not who we are. You've probably heard it before, haven't you? And to me, that phrase rings just as hollow as my thoughts and prayers are. Well, you know the rest. You see, that phrase... This is not who we are. Although it comes from a place of positivity, to me it sounds as if it comes from a place of ignorance. Because if this is not what America was, then Americans wouldn't have done this. They wouldn't have voted for a fascist demagogue. They would not have stormed Capitol Hill, the heart of American democracy, to try and install a dictator. I think what America needs to realize is that, yes, this is who you are. Not as an individual, but as a nation. United in name, but divided by heart. And what I think America needs to do is to face the cold, hard reality that something big needs to change before they can move forward. I mean, Republicans are trying. They're saying, we need unity. Now, although I agree with them, they are skipping on the introspection part. I mean, it's really hard to call for unity if you don't allow yourself to reflect on the mistakes you've made that led to the tragedy. Don't you agree? Anyway, I don't know when I'm gonna upload a new episode you know, 
If you're a regular here, you know that my upload schedule is non-existent. <laughs> and I apologize for that. But I hope that the next time I make another train of thought that I can talk about something else other than American politics. <laughs> because, you know, there's a lot more going on in, in this big head of mine. And I can't wait to share it with you. Now, good night or good morning, wherever you are. And you'll hear from me soon. The recording you just heard was an episode of the train of thought that I made last, last first day. Now, you may be wondering, why am I suddenly adding a whole nother part to this episode? Well, as it turns out, last Thursday, I was in contact with someone who has tested positive for the coronavirus. How do I know this? Well, here in the Netherlands and other uh, parts of Europe, uh, people can choose to cooperate with the government and install an app which keeps track of all the people you've come in contact with. Either, you know, friends and acquaintances or just people who were in your vicinity during your commute. Now, if the people, if these people you've passed by or been with, uh, if they also have this app on their phone, if they get the coronavirus, everyone that was in the vicinity of this person will get a notification prompting, um, urging them to get tested and to self-quarantine. So, first day, the day I recorded this, or the day I recorded the recording you heard before this one. Apparently, for 15 whole minutes, I was in the vicinity of someone who is now either mildly sick or fighting for their lives. I didn't know that I was exposed that day because the notification only popped up yesterday as I was vacuuming or as I was trying to clean up my girlfriend's room. Such a small notification has drastically altered, well, I wouldn't say my life because I surely hope this doesn't affect the rest of my life, but it sure has drastically altered my plans for the foreseeable future. I did what most upstanding citizens would do, and I made an arrangement to get tested. That test will take place tomorrow in the morning, close to my home. It's, it's funny. No, it's not funny, but 
it's typical that even though I have lived in this pandemic for nearly a year, only now do I truly feel the gravity of this situation. It's only now I realize how big of a footprint we all leave. How many people we meet every single day. And how big of a danger you can be during a pandemic. Now me and my girlfriend, though we are following the country's guidelines regarding the coronavirus, she and I are both um, we're both essential workers. She's a nurse working in a special home, and I'm a teacher. We have no choice but to travel for our work. But as is apparent, that travel time brings risks. Now, I feel fine disregarding the anxiety and, and the stress I, that are inhabiting my brain and my chest right now. I feel fine. No shortness of breath, no clogged nose, no tainted lung. So I'm quite confident and I'm keeping my fingers crossed for this one. I'm quite confident that I will not be tested positive tomorrow. But even so, this virus has come closer than ever. And now more than ever, I am aware of how dire times are. If you're like me and you have to get out the door because your work is deemed essential, please be careful. And please thank God or whoever or whatever you pray to that you have your loved ones in your life. Because during this pandemic, there may come a time where you will not be able to see them for a while. So if you can, contact your loved ones and tell them you love them.